So I'm not feeling so well tonight. And everything is okay. That's the way it is. People are concerned about our society and our culture. Thinking our government is sick, our society is sick. But, you know, that too is just the way things are. It doesn't mean that we you know, don't rest, don't take care of ourselves, don't take whatever appropriate medication. The same is true with our government and society. It doesn't mean we don't respond to it. But the fact that things come together and fall apart, this is the way things are. It means everything is moving along just, just like it should. One of the hallmarks of being alive is you're going to get sick, perfectly, completely, totally normal. There's no way to avoid it. So, you get sick, you get sick. You, know, you respond to it the best you can. So, when we have a, a situation like is happening with our government right now, where our views are not particularly represented in the government, for most of us at least, I don't know about all of you, then we have a couple of different options. I mean, one option is we accept that what's happening is the way things are. Okay? That's always the foundation of Dharma. Always the foundation of saying, how are things? If you're a part of a 12-step program, the first step of the 12 steps is to say, you know, I got a problem. And you can't go to the other 11 steps unless you say, I've got a problem. And it's really a problem that's overwhelming. You can't get sick and say, oh, I've got, you can't get well. And they say, okay, I've got, a, I've got a problem. I've got a sickness here. So we, we first acknowledge the way things are. And then we look at our view. What's my view? What, how have I put the way things are? What box have I put them in? And as we all know, a lot of people have put the, either health or politics or something in a very small box. A very small box of when, I'm, when it's like this, it's good. When it's not like this, it's not so good. It's, it's bad. It's scary. So if we look at this from a bigger picture, all roads lead to death. All roads lead to dissolution. That's just basic life 101. If you're born, you're going to die. So the, the, the goal is, and you know, how do, we, how do we spend our time? What do we do with ourselves as we make this inevitable trajectory? As our culture, you know, things go up and things go down. Things are easy and things are hard. In Buddhism, we call that the eight worldly winds, the winds that always come. People like us and they don't like us. Things are going well and things are not going well. You know, things are just and things are unjust. There's always, in the relative world, things are always relative. So once we accept that things are the way we think they are, and then we have to step back and say, okay, let's look at the really big picture here. One thing, I was at um, one of my Kiwanis Club meetings, and someone was saying before this election, they said, oh, we've, the, the president that we have, President Obama, is the worst president of the entire history of the United States. He was saying it about President Obama. Now other people are saying it about President-elect Trump. He's going to be the worst president. But the reality is, if you look at the, pres- the, the, the history of the uh, presidencies of the United States, there have been some pretty crazy people who have been running this country. There have been people whose whole, whole administration was nothing but scandal and nothing but corruption. Wonderful people. I'm thinking of President Grant, for example. President Grant was elected because he helped to win the Civil War. But then once he got into office, he was a 
He was a very kind, very nice person. Mark Twain loved him. Mark Twain thought he was just a, an absolutely brilliant person, but he was a terrible politician. Terrible. People took advantage of him right and left, and the government almost completely collapsed during that time. You know, the way things are. Each of us are going to have, encounter our particular health crises, one thing or another. If we have a health crisis, we go to Lauren and see if she can fix us up, and she'll do her very best, and then we respond. Everything is okay. So when we have a crisis, whether it be a spiritual crisis or a social crisis or something that we, we thought was going to be this way and get snatched away, it is a call. It is a call to look inward. The, the, to me, the high hallmark of an existential crisis is all those things that we thought were going to make us safe and well disappear. The door is closed. And so then we begin to say, okay, what is it? What can I really truly take refuge in? What can I really truly find meaning in? What is it that is always present? And that is a, that is a matter of looking at the, with the mind at the mind. That is a matter of looking directly at the origin of things. And, you know, those of you who've been to Sishan and have heard lots of, lots of teachings know that we, we first turn ourselves to our body, to the way it is right now, without judgment, without judging, oh, I dislike it because it feels a certain way, or I like it because it feels a certain way. We turn our attention to the direct experience of our body, and then we can look at the whole body all at once, and we begin to see that the body is not a thing. There's space in there, that the mind that sees the body has space and the spacious nature of our own mind is something that's always present, always around, always available. And we can hold whatever comes up in the spaciousness of our own awareness. And that spaciousness is endlessly creative, endlessly present. So we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether this particular present is or is not going to solve all of our problems or make all of our problems. We just don't know. But we do know that in the spaciousness of our own mind, all sorts of things are possible. There is limitless possibility. Everything comes from the same source. So rather than, than fixating, oh yeah, you're sick, and oh yeah, life is miserable, and you're going to just go downhill and die, or yes, you know, we've got the, the president that we elect that we have, and oh, everything is going to go downhill from there, we hold it all in spacious mystery. You know, we don't know how we ended up here. We don't know how we, uh, we came. We don't know where this life originated from. It's a mystery. It just, just keeps appearing over and over and over again. And it's that mysterious appearing over and over and over again is something that we can take refuge in, something that, that is bigger than any one of us, something that's endlessly creative. In some traditions, they talk about our life is part of an endless trajectory towards spiritual wholeness. So that we are seeing things in a, in a bifurcated way or in a, in a, you know, we've seen things cut up into little pieces. And each time we face a, a particular boundary or particular barrier and it falls apart, we begin to see things in a little more holistic way. And over the course of lifetimes, we gradually, gradually, gradually 
have fewer and fewer boundaries, fewer and fewer um, divisions, until we begin to see, oh, it's all one whole. It's all one whole. It's not me versus Donald Trump. It's not me versus my sickness. It's all one whole. When we can rest in the wholeness of our own awareness, the wholeness of our own being, there's something very satisfying about that. Something very affirming about that. Something very mysterious. It's a, it's a gift. And my little squeaky, squeaky voice is <coughs> kind of a music. You know? Everything, everything has, a, has a mystery to it. But we negate the mystery by all of our fixed ideas. Oh yeah, this means that means this 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 means this. And before we know it, we're boxed in a little hole. So we come to a center here to meditate. And the first thing we do when we meditate, aside from being in our in our body in the present moment, is we begin to relax and let go of our fixed views about the world. The first thing we let go of is the past. Right at this moment, the past is only a memory in your mind. There's nothing else left. There's a memory in your mind, some thought in your mind that says, George Washington was the first president of our country. We read it in a textbook. And we all have a, a consensus reality that says George Washington was number one. And that consensus reality we get mixed up with and think that that's true. It's interesting, I was thinking about George Washington the other day. He was vilified when he was the, the president. You know, they were stoning him. They were, they were um, really castigating him. He was trying to, to uh, promote a liquor tax, I think. And um, that was very unpopular. I thought that the government was going to come down on them and just going to destroy their lives. And Washington was the, uh, you know, everybody has those days. So we come. We begin looking, we let go of the past. We acknowledge that we do not know what's going to happen. We do not know. It probably will get colder this winter. Probably. It might not. And then we come, letting go of the past, letting go of the future, and go right to here, right now. And then we breathe into the present moment, and there is a solidity, a stability, a presence. And when we're truly in the present moment in that way, that's the place our mind can become clear. Our mind can become still. Our mind can become very alert. And then, from a still, alert, clear mind, we make the best choice that we can make. You know, we decide to give a Dharma talk at the beginning of the period so we can go home. You know? Or we decide we're going to go out, the Kakumyo is going to go to Washington, D.C. to be president uh, as a, uh, a protest during the inauguration. He feels that that's something that's very important for him to, to do and very important for him to represent his view. So with a clear mind that's unworried, because we're not, not, worried, we're not anxious about all the endless things that could happen, with a clear mind that is present, grounded in the stability of this moment, we look around and think, what does the world need? What does the world need? What does the world need from me? And then we do our best to offer that. And each person here, each person 
each one of us has things that only we can do. You know, we can only ask, only we can sit in our own, walk in our own shoes. The things that we can do, and the spirit that we do those things in, the spirit in which we inhabit our life, that's spiritual practice. So we all have houses to live in, and you know, more or less jobs, and families, or pets, or somebody that we encounter, and we have the opportunity to make all those things hell on earth, or we can bring our whole clear mind to them and make them the very foundation of our spiritual practice. That's true whether we are sick or well. So it is the, the, the not necessarily the attitude, it's nice to have a good attitude, but even bigger than an attitude is awareness of the spacious mind of this moment. In the spacious mind of this moment, all things are possible. In the spacious mind of this moment, there is no fear. In the spacious mind of this moment, there's something that we need to do. In the spacious mind of this moment, we can open our heart and infuse it with love. So everything is okay. Everything is okay. And that's not a judgment on the quality of the election. You know, there's going to be problems. But that's okay. That's the way things are. Everything is okay. And that okayness is not an intellectual judgment. Everything's going to go the way I think it should go, therefore it's okay. It's got to be a more fundamental heart awareness of the great spacious nature of our own being. And then we engage whatever we need to do. Everything is okay. And practice is resting in awareness of that truth. We have to continue to come back and rest in the awareness of that truth. Our anxiety is of no benefit. Everything is okay when we are resting in our own deep nature right here, right now. There is no one who is defective, no one who is in any way missing in that regard. So whether you happen to be well or sick, or we have a short talk or a long talk, or whether the government is going up or going down, or whether, you know, North Korea launches a nuclear bomb, everything is okay, and there are things that we need to do. So please, as we sit for a little while this evening, clarify your mind. Calm your heart, open your awareness, and then take that mind out into your life. Everybody will benefit from it. When everybody benefits, everything is okay. Okay, I have just a minute more. Anybody want to? One of the things we're trying to do at the monastery is is uh, one thing I am doing at the monastery, is I decided that we need to have video comments. And one of the things I'm actually fairly good at is just giving really short, succinct answers to, to, to things. So we're going to start, I'm doing videos right now. You know, video, we did one on the election, it's on our blog or website, and I'm trying to refine my, my uh, skills. Um, so we can have very short, succinct bits of dharma that might be inspiring and helpful to people.
So if either you are, any of you have any feedback about that or recommendations, that'd be nice. So, any comments, questions, insights? Please have deep faith. The fact that you are here is a miracle. You didn't earn it. You didn't have anything to do with it. It's a gift. Your life is a gift. Please open up and appreciate that gift.